God is working. And as I look through the Bible, I see a phrase in there. And it's the phrase, and God said. And God said. And turn the next page. And God said. Turn the next page. And God said. All throughout Scripture, you see this phrase, and God said. And you begin to get this idea. You know what? God actually does speak. He actually speaks to us, and, and, and he wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal his way and his direction for our life. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like if you knew God's path, God's direction, God's will for your life, and that you actually sought that? That's what we're talking about. Saying, I want God to speak to me, because that's the question. He's speaking, are we listening? He's speaking, are we listening? Jesus even said in John 10, my sheep, those who follow me, they do listen to my voice. They obey my voice and they follow me. And so we've been asking the question the last couple of weeks, how is it that God speaks to us? And, and we saw in the first week that the primary way that God will communicate to us and his will and his direction for our life, he's going to do that through scripture or through the Bible or through the text. And then last week we said, okay, there's a whole bunch of other ways in which God can also speak to us. We said God can speak to you and I through wise counsel or open doors, that he can speak to us when you're going through a lot of pain or trials and difficulties, that he can use that and, and communicate to us, and that he can also speak to us. We saw there's times he'll speak through angels, and there's even times he'll speak through our dreams. And then we saw that God will speak through our thoughts. He'll give us these thoughts, these ideas, this maybe sometimes we might even say this gut feeling. The question we have to ask today is, if these are the ways God speaks, how do we know that it's actually God? How do we know we're hearing from God? How do we know that that angel or that dream or that door, or he's going to want us to use that pain and, and speak to us, how do we know that that counsel is from God? For example, we know not all counsel is from God, right? I mean, you would just know that. We know that not all angels, you know, we think we have a message from an angel is from God. In fact, 1 Timothy 4 says that some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. In fact, the Bible also lets us know, you know, not all dreams that we have come from God. There's an interesting passage in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, and it talks about this, and it says that suppose a prophet among you or those who dream dreams, they dream about the future, and they promise us signs and miracles, and then it says this, and then those predicted signs and miracles, they actually occur. I mean, that's pretty amazing. You have a dream, and that dream, you tell other people and say, okay, this is what I dreamt, and this came true. You'd be like, oh man, that must be from God. God must have given that to you. The passage goes on and says, if they then say, come let us worship other gods. He says, no, 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 verse 3 says, don't listen to them. Why? He goes on and says, well, God was actually testing you in that to see if you truly love him with all your heart and soul. And then that passage ends and it says, obey his commands, listen to his voice. So just because you hear something, maybe a dream, it doesn't mean all dreams are from God. Not all thoughts or impressions are from God. And much like last week we talked about, we have to be real, real careful about how we use the language of, you know, open doors or uh, we really caution you against using the language of closed doors. Much like we be careful with that, we need to be extremely cautious about using the thoughts language. Let me explain what I mean. 
Have you ever heard or even said a phrase like, well, I felt God leading me, or God spoke to my heart, or, or, or God impressed upon me, or, or just sometimes people just flat out say, God told me. Now, would you agree with me that that, that is like common in, in a lot of Christian circles? Would you agree with that? You hear people saying that. In fact, some Christians rely on that type of relationship with God for much of their decision-making throughout their day or for their major decisions. You know what's interesting when it comes to our thoughts in pursuing and seeking God's will? It's interesting that Scripture just does not encourage us to seek or discern God's will through actively pursuing our thoughts. In fact, making decisions based on that can lead us to confusion and disappointment and oftentimes even spiritual tragedy. If we had to use that language, I would encourage you to say something like this. You know what? It occurred to me. It occurred to me. Why would that be a little more helpful? Because it's going to help us avoid bad thinking, bad theology. It'll remove stumbling blocks as you enter in. It'll remove little challenges that you have in dealing with other people and interacting with other people after all. Whenever we say, and we go to someone and say, hey, the Lord spoke to me and said, fill in the blank. And you hear what the Lord spoke to them, and your first thought is, that does not pass the Lord spoke to me test. What can you say to them? Because they already told you, the Lord spoke to me and said. That is the biggest conversation stopper of any of anything that we could have with other people. It's tough language to use, so I encourage you to be cautious about how you use thoughts language. But the reality is there are times, right, when we do have these thoughts or we have this leading and we have this prompting or to use the term I mentioned, something occurs to us. So what do we do with that? That's what we're talking about today. How do we know it's from God? How do we know that's from God and it's not just me talking to myself or talking me myself into something that I want or somewhere I want to go? How do we confirm that the, these different ways that we've talked about that God speaks, how do we confirm that it is indeed the Lord speaking? So today what I want to do is I want to give you a confirmation process. I want to give you a confirmation filter. So to, what we're looking at today is that we're going to look at something that collectively everything we're talking about forms a filter for us. They're all interrelated. We don't get to pick and choose. So if we have a dream or, or we think we hear from an uh, angel or, or, or that we have this, what we think is an open door or we have this thought or this counsel or this gut impression, if it does not pass all that we're talking about today, it is important that we seriously question whether or not it's from God at all. At the very least, that we would slow down, that we would pause, that we would wait, and we would seek God more. So once again, as we did last week, and we'll wrap, this will be the last time I do this for a while, we're going to have a list. Okay, you're going to have one more list, and so you list people, you're ready to roll, you have your pen and paper out. We're going to lay this filter down. I talked to some people after first service, and they were like, man, they took a lot of notes. They're like, I'm just going to keep this in my Bible, and when I'm seeking God, I got it right here. Here's my, here's my filter. Here's my grid to know whether or not I'm hearing from God. So this will be extreme. What, what today is meant to be 
is extremely helpful and practical because we want to know God's way. We want to know God's will. We want to know if he's speaking to us. We want to know what decisions to make and what direction to go in our life and, and what to choose. And today we're going to give you that grid or that filter. So how do you and I know something is from God? Where do we start? What, what's the first layer, you know, in that filter? Well, the first is that, you know, it almost makes just common sense, but we would pray and ask it if, if it is from God. This is a great place to start. You, you feel like you've read something in the Bible and in your mind, it seems clear and plain that to you that it is from God, or you sought counsel, and it seems like it's from God, or you, in your pain, you're like, okay, this is what I think God is trying to say to me, or you had a dream, and you woke up, and you said, all right, time to move ahead in this direction. What do we do first? To figure out if this is from God, we come humbly before God, and we sincerely pray, God, I'm going to go through a process right now, and I want to hear from you. And so, God, I submit to you, and I submit to your ways, and I want to know, God, as if this is you who is leading me. Show me clearly. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, you see an interesting story. There's a, a young man named Samuel, and he's a young boy, and he's laying there in bed, and all of a sudden he hears this voice that cries out, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel gets up, and he runs to his guardian, Eli, and he, he says, hey, I'm here, I'm here, what's going on, what's up, what's going on? And Eli said, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, you called me. And Eli said, no, I, I didn't call you. So he's like, go back to bed. <laughs> so he goes back to bed. A little while later, he hears the voice again, Samuel, Samuel. He gets up, runs to Eli. Hey, Eli, I'm here, what's up? And Eli's like, I, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Happens a few more times. Then it dawns on Eli. Oh, wait a second. Samuel's hearing from God. He's hearing God speak to him. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, it tells us Samuel didn't yet know God. He didn't know God's voice yet. Some of us are the same. We, haven't, we don't know. We don't know how to recognize. It's a mystery to us, Siri just said. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. That was for some of you, it's a mystery. <laughs> God's voice is a mystery. It's a mystery to Siri, and it's a mystery to you. I did not talk to you. So Eli said to Samuel, listen, go back to bed. And as you're lying there, if you hear the voice again, I want you to say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. I want you to think about that with me for a moment because that really needs to be what you and I are saying. Speak to me, Lord. Your servant is listening. God, I want to know if this is from you and so I want to talk to you about it and I'm listening to you. So our first filter in discerning God's will in our life and in the choices that we need to make is if it's from God or if it's not from God is that we, we pause and we pray. We say, God, I'm listening to you and I want your way. Speak to me. I'm listening. Secondly, you have that's your first filter. What's the next filter? Again, all of these work together. We don't pick and choose and just grab one of them. It's all of them together. Secondly, we ask the question, is it scriptural? We spent an entire week talking about this idea that God's primary way that he speaks to us and he reveals himself to us and reveals his direction in our life, the primary way is through scripture. 
So anytime you or I think we have heard something and we feel like this is God's leading and God calling us, we have to ask the question, how does it line up to Scripture? Is it consistent with Scripture? Does it agree with God's Word? Now listen, people hear something like that all the time. And as a result, they will say, hey, I read the Bible and it says this is what I should do. And I have watched people, and you have watched people abuse the Bible to accomplish their own goals and their own plans and their own agenda. And so anytime we're going to look at Scripture, keep in mind that the interpretation must come through Jesus' one command to love others as He loved us. The entire Old Testament is summed up in that one command. The entire New Testament is simply a a commentary on Jesus' command to love others as he has loved us. And so he's called us to love in a sacrificial way. That's what he's called us to. And so when you have counsel from others, if there's a door that seems to be open, if there's a dream or if there's a vision, any message that contradicts the clear teaching of Jesus And the overall thematic teaching of Scripture in light of Jesus' command, anything that contradicts that is not God speaking to us. It is not God's will for us. It is not from God. God will never tell us to do something that's inconsistent with what he already said. He will not change. In fact, I remind you, most of God's will has already been revealed to us in Scripture. And those type of things, you're like, well, I'm praying about this. If God already said it's God's will, you don't have to pray about it. He just already made it clear. In fact, he said in James chapter 1, he said, don't just be uh, listeners of the word and deceive yourselves. He said, just do what it says. It's already there. You know, this says it is God's will. Do what it says. By the way, it's this great reason for us to actually memorize Scripture. Because when you have key passages memorized, when you're going through a decision you're trying to make and trying to understand and a direction and a choice you have to make, and if God brings to mind those key scriptures you've memorized, you're already moving down the path to knowing if it passes, you know, the smell test of whether or not it's God's will for us. I hear people say this, but pastor, pastor, man, I've prayed, like you said, and I've read the scripture. I got to tell you, I have such a peace about this. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says, God God has got a peace and not confusion. And I have so much peace about this, Pastor. This is what I'm going to do. Surely it must be from God. I hear that one all the time. It has to be from God. I have a peace about it. Maybe you've said that. Listen, if whatever you have a peace about contradicts God's word, that peace isn't from God. That's not God's will. That's got God's direction. That, God, that is not God's counsel to you. Check every thought, dream, vision, counsel up against Scripture. First filter, you ask God to lead you and guide you. Say, God, I'm listening to you. Second filter, you look at it. Is it scriptural? Third, how to know if something's from God? We ask the question, is it wise? Is it wise? Is the message or the word, or the decision, or the step, or the conversation to have, or the place to move, or the job to take, we ask the question, is this wise for me? Jesus told his followers in Matthew, be wise. Paul said in Ephesians 5, he said, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. In James chapter 1, it says, if you need wisdom, ask God. He's a generous God, and he wants to give it to you. 
The entire book of Proverbs is devoted to dissecting wisdom and all of its attributes. Scripture is relentless in exhorting us to be wise in all of our ways. So if God gives you a message, the message will be wise. It will be wise. Now listen, you and I, as for those of us who are Jesus followers, we have tremendous freedom in Jesus Christ. As Jesus followers, and I praise God for this, we don't have to follow the 613 commands of the Old Testament that the Jewish people had to follow. We have one command, I already mentioned it. We have one command that Jesus gave us. John chapter 13, verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said, so you must love one another. We have one command. I mean, we have tremendous freedom in that. Now, loving sacrificially, not easy, but at least we don't have a lot of bunch of rules and regulations and are loaded down with those like the Jewish people were. We have freedom. And so, with that freedom that we have, as we seek God's will, we can sometimes distort that freedom and think that something is from God. So it's really important for you and I to ask, is it wise? For example, in our freedom, Paul said this. Paul said it is not wise to let anything control you. You ever had anything control you? Have a grip on your life, and you get sucked into it, and you can't seem to get away with it? from it and you feel like you need it it has to be there so pursuing something that we think is from God that is controlling us that isn't God's will that isn't from God Paul said it this way first Corinthians chapter 6 he said even though I am allowed to do anything I must not become a slave to anything he said in Galatians chapter 5 it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life just make sure that you don't use your freedom as a what as a as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your what? Destroy your freedom. So God wouldn't call you to do something or to be something or to go somewhere or to buy something or he'll pursue something if it's going to have a power over you, if it's going to consume you, if it's going to control you, if it's going to take you down a path that leads to some type of destruction in your life. That is not wise. That destroys your freedom in your life. Let me give you one example. Is it God's will for us that we would be good financial stewards? What's the answer on a simple level? Of course it is. The Bible talks about the slave, the borrower is a slave to the lender. How often we go down the path and we say, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then we'll talk and, 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 and justify, okay, I'm going to buy such and such. It's very simple. Is that really wise? That's going to have more control over your life. That's going to put you further in debt. Is that really a path? You can use this filter on a lot of items in our lives. God wouldn't call us to do something, buy something, pursue something that leads us down a path that it now has control over us, that we become a slave to something. That's not wise. That's not from God. So is the message, is the word, is the decision, is the step, is the conversation, the place to move, the this to buy, the job to take, is it wise? First three filters. God has a couple more for us. 
The next filter that we lay down, if we're trying to discern God's will and say, yeah, yeah, this is from God, or yeah, I know God's speaking to me now. The next one is, does it make me more like Christ? Does it make me more like Christ? Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 that every student, when fully trained, will be like their master. Who's our master? Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, in your lives, you must think and act like Jesus Christ. You can go, we can go on and on. Just write these down if you want to look them up. Romans chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3. You can go over and over and over. Jesus and Paul and John, they made it clear. Our goal is to be more like Jesus. Christ's likeness is our focus. Christ's likeness is our aim. That's God's will for you, that you would be more like Jesus. So as you are going through a decision, a choice, as you are seeking whether or not to know, hey, is this from God? Do I sense being called to this? Is it making you more like Jesus? Next filter. How do we know it's from God? How do we know this is God's will? How I'm listening. Is this God's direction for me? Well, is it convicting or condemning? Romans chapter 8 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Conviction is from God. Condemnation is from the devil. And when God moves to convict us and he wants to speak into our life, if he's going to convict you, God's going to be very specific about it. He's going to say, hey, this is going on in your life right now. It's not making you like Christ. I want to deal with this one area. I want to talk to you about this. I want to encourage you to take a, a different direction and a different step. This attitude, this behavior, this item that needs changing in your life, God's going to be specific. He's going to put a finger on it. But you know what the devil does? He condemns. And, and he condemns in a way that he's just general. He's just vague. And it usually comes along the lines of something about saying, you know what, you're just a bad person. You know something? You just make bad decisions all the time. You're worthless. You're no good. With that, all that's going on in your life, God can't use you. God wouldn't let you be involved in his church or do this or do that with all that you have going on. He's very general. When Satan accuses, he has a goal. His goal is to get you to feel guilty, to be ashamed. He wants you to feel unloved and unworthy. He wants you to feel dirty, and his goal is because he wants to distance you from God. He accuses us to drive us away from God, but the Holy Spirit does something different. The Holy Spirit convicts us with the goal of driving us to God, of leading us to God. Conviction about something in our life is what leads us to repentance. It draws us to God so that we say, God, I want your grace and I want your love and I want your mercy in my life. I love what Acts chapter 3 says. It says, repent and turn of your, uh, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And I love this. It says, then time of refreshments will come from the presence of the Lord. God's drawing you to himself. So that area of your life that you're just like, you know isn't right, and you're wondering, is this God kind of nudging you and speaking to you? God's saying, I want you to get right in that area. If you'll do that, man, I have times of refreshing for you. Because I, I know you get right with me in that area, man, you're going to come into my presence, and you're going to experience my presence. 
That's what God's trying to do with us. The devil, he's just trying to get us as far away from God as possible. So he's going to be super general. He's going to condemn us. If something is God's will for you, God's plan for you, it's meant to convict. That'll lead to confession and repentance. Finally, when you or I are trying to figure out if this is God's will for my life or not, I need to ask the question, do God's people affirm it? Or do we have cause for pause? Does he af- do people affirm it or they have cause for pause? Have you sought out people you can truly trust who love God and who are willing to speak truth to you? That would actually be wise, right? And if you do that, if you really seek their counsel with whatever choice, decision, direction that you're looking to make, do they affirm it or do they hesitate? Are they excited about it or are they reluctant or skeptical? Are they thrilled about it or do they just think you're crazy if you go down that path? See, God doesn't want you or I to make major decisions on our own. He wants us to get help and advice from wise, mature believers who are grounded in their faith, who will help you discern. The Bible tells us this. If you, you want to take Proverbs and say, hey, what's kind of like a, one of the summaries of Proverbs? One of the uh, summaries of Proverbs is that smart people get advice and fools don't. Simple. Fools just think they know what the right thing to do is, and then they're just going to act on their own intuition or their own gut. Now, once again, not all advice and counsel is from God. And so, confession time here. Let's be honest for a moment. And I want to ask you to think about this. Has there ever been a time in your life when you did not seek the wise counsel of certain people because you knew already what they were going to say? Come on, I want to see hands. Okay, let's, we're just being real here. I'm not talking to them about this because I already know what they're going to say. Instead, I got these other buddies. Man, they love me. They're so kind to me. They're so gracious. They want me to be happy. They want me to have all this. And I'm going to go to them instead because they're going to affirm me in what I want. And that's not good godly counsel. And I've seen it over and over and over you know what happens when we do that? These people, and again, I think we've all been there. Rather than ask good godly counsel in advance, we make our decision, we make our choice, we make our purchase, we choose that direction, we have that conversation, we go down the path, and then we just expect everybody else to kind of be gracious and kind to us, right? That's what we, we kind of bank on that. Even though under our breath, we're thinking that was just a dumb decision. That was crazy. Proverbs 11 says, the wisdom of the righteous can save you. Save you what? Save you money. Save you time. Save you reputation. Save you heartache. Save you pain. So if you've ever had an idea and you have wondered, is this really from God? Man, we need to go to people who are mature enough who love us enough to level with us. And if they question it, we should too. Job chapter 33, verse 14, it says this, For God does speak. 
Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it or no one recognizes it. Another translation says, did you catch it? The problem isn't that God isn't speaking. The problem is, are we really paying attention? Are we really recognizing it's his voice? So God invites you. He invites all of us to listen, to recognize his voice, to see clearly his will for our lives. And when you think or sense that God is speaking to you through the ways that we talked about the last couple weeks, and if you think it is God's will, you start, you take this filter that we talked about today, and you go to God and you pray and you ask if this is his will. You ask God about it, and then you run it through the filter. Is it scriptural or not? Is it consistent with how Jesus has called me to love him and love others? Does it make me more like Christ? Does it condemn me? Or does it convict me? And finally, what do good and godly people say about the message or the direction or the decision or the choice that we're about to make? Do they affirm it or do they have cause for pause? Listen, if you will take all of these collectively, just lay them down as a filter of what you're hearing, of what you're seeking, you are going to have much more confidence to know whether or not it is indeed the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you. That's what God's calling every one of us to this morning. And so the question is, will you use this grid, this filter, to seek God's will and God's direction for your life?